Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. The following program is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statement of fact expressed in the following program are strictly those of the host and their guests and are not to be construed as those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, their affiliated companies, networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Hi there, curious minds out there in Radio Land. Welcome to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We're coming to you through Exone Broadcast Network, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. I'm a psychiatrist. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work with both the mind and the brain. Coincidences involve both your mind and your brain. My purpose in life is to learn, teach, help people, and have fun. 
and synchronicity is spoken here. Keep in mind that coincidences alert us to the possibility of hidden causes. Put connecting with coincidence into your search engine and find my Psychology Today blog, my website, my social media site, and others. Would you like to know how sensitive to coincidences you are? Take the weird coincidence survey on my website for an answer to that question. Today we are talking about serial coincidences, and we have with us the master of serial coincidences, Dr. Gary Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz is continuing a, a tradition started by biologist Paul Kammerer, who was born in 1880 and died in 1926. Kammerer was a biologist who spent hours sitting on benches in various public parks in Vienna, noting repetitions among the people who passed by. He classified them by sex, age, dress, whether they carried umbrellas or parcels, and many other details. He did the same things on long train rides from his home in Vienna. Kammerer was not particularly interested in meaning, only the repeated sequences of numbers, names, words, and letters. He defined seriality as a recurrence of the same or similar things or events in time and space which, not, which are not connected by the same acting cause. To him, these repetitions were simply natural phenomena which he tried to find causes for. Dr. Schwartz has taken Kammerer's idea much further. He's interested in what he calls supersynchronicities, high levels seriality, high level serial coincidences. And among those many interesting coincidences that are serialities, uh, I ran across a woman, a 50 year, 54 year old woman, who is a female, who is a, an author and, and an editor. And while now she prefers to remain anonymous, this woman has experienced a remarkable, a most remarkable series of coincidences well beyond what Dr. Schwartz documents in his excellent book, Super Synchronicity, which is coming out very soon. She describes these monkey series, monkey series. It's monkeying around for her. It's challenging for her to describe all the details because there are so many of them. They began in, in November 2010 when she was praying about a significant relationship with a man she'd affectionately nicknamed Monkey. It seemed to her almost as, as if the angels were eagerly waiting for her to ask for assistance because the messages she received that afternoon within an hour of a simple prayer came in outrageous intensity that day and continues to this day. She calls them my totem animal on steroids. Every day she sees monkeys, up to 10 times a day. And these monkeys are not just, as Kammerer was seeing them, as just happening things with no meaning. They carried for her spiritual messages that serve as guideposts for her life. She found herself immediately launched into what she called God school. Because the monkeys continually unfolded for her a series of profound lessons that taught her the quantum power, as she says, of consciously applying universal spiritual principles. 
These messages communicated with her intelligently and accurately, helping her often with specific and general life problems. She receives them at least once a day, sometimes many times, for now six consecutive years. Keep in mind they are tangible. Anyone can see them if they are with her. They are not voices. They are not visions. They show up in magazines or books she is reading, or in movies or TV shows, in songs, in lyrics and songs, or billboards, online, or, or even through the spoken word of complete strangers. Some are short, some are like mini mantras, some are lengthy allegories. She sees the word monkey sometimes ape in a block of written content or otherwise a monkey illustration. At first she was frightened by these, but quickly realized that these messages are steeped in divine love and realized that before them she had been asleep at the wheel. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 
44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marshlanding, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back to CC with BB, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, with our wonderful guest today, Gary Schwartz. Gary is a professor of psychology, medicine, and neurology at the University of Arizona. He has done tremendously well in studying scientifically some of the hardest questions facing facing researchers in psychology and the neurosciences and in all fields in studying consciousness. He has co-edited 11 academic books and written many books for the general public, including The Afterlife Experiments, The Sacred Promise, and An Atheist in Heaven. His most recent book is Super Synchronicity, and in it he deals with the seriality question that my my friend who I, whose serials I whose seriality I described about monkeys and uh, Gary's book makes us wonder how do these series take place how do super synchronicities take place so Gary how did you get interested in super synchronicities well to tell you the truth I I had no background in um, in Carl Jung. I had no knowledge of the area of synchronicity per se. I was a mainstream uh, clinical psychologist, psychophysiologist. I was a tenured professor at Yale. Um, but I'm very mathematically oriented. And it, my journey began because I discovered an apparent statistical anomaly where I was uh, essentially surrounded by too many number 11s in my life. Uh, and it was very odd. Uh, so, for example, uh, uh, my office at Yale was uh, 1A. Of course, A is the first letter of the alphabet, which was 1. Um, it was around the corner from the psychology building, which was on Kirkland Avenue, and the way the street was spelled had... Um, had 11 letters in it. In order to drive home, I would take exit 56, which added up to 11, to literally get onto Route 1A, which was 11, which took me home to uh, my house, which at that time was 326 Colonial Road, where 326 added up to 11. Um, and I was in a state of Connecticut, which had 11 letters. And although I don't remember these numbers now, if I took a, um, my uh, phone number and added the numbers up, they added up uh, to 11. Uh, my license plate, if I took the letters and converted them to numbers and then added them all up with the numbers that were there, uh, it was 11. It turned out my birthday was June 14th, 614, um, which added up to 11. Uh, there were too many 11s in my life. I had no idea how that could have occurred or what it meant. All I knew it was, it was that it was a statistical anomaly. And one of the ways that I knew it was uh, so statistically rare is because being a scientist, um, 
I wanted to see how unique it was. And so I started asking students and, and colleagues and friends to see, A, whether anybody else had such a uh, collection of 11 or 11 related numbers um, in their lives. And I, I looked, I examined over 50 people and none of them remotely approached it. Or I looked to see whether or not they had some other number, like sevens or nines or thirteens. Um, and, and did my search, granted it was, it was informal, it was around 50 people, um, there weren't. And so my journey began with a statistical anomaly, uh, which piqued my, my mathematical curiosity. And what, what always interests me, what always yes. interests me about you, is that you have a tendency to, to somewhere in you to look for such things. Somehow you got alerted and started seeing elevens, and then started looking for more. And that's one of the remarkable things to me about the way your mind works. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's it's you know, I, I have a background in music, by the way, and prior research I did was I've always been interested in patterns. Yeah. And so it was just it was a natural, if you would, expression of my yes. curiosity. Yeah, that interest in patterns. Uh, I find that to be a common uh, denominator in people interested in coincidences. Interested in patterns. So please continue your journey to super synchronicity. So um, just to complete this initial story, um, I I didn't know what to make of it, um, and uh, I essentially ignored it. I mean, I ignored it, meaning what could I do with it? And then I met uh, a black medical student, African-American medical student, who was a, who was a fourth-year medical student at Yale, who came to see me because he wanted to um, do his dissertation on an unusual topic. Now, at Yale, unlike most institutions, it's not just Ph.D. students that have to do dissertations. Medical students have to do them as well. Now, they're not as sophisticated as a PhD. And I, I, had, I had to do them. I had to do a dissertation or a thesis when I was in medical school there. Oh, you were at Yale for your medical yeah. school? Yeah. Oh, this is something I didn't realize. When, I have to ask you, when were you there? I graduated in 68. Okay, so you, you left before I got there. I got there in 76. Okay. So he um, – that's by the way, that's very interesting, Bernie. That's really amusing because he was the turning point. <laughs> So anyway, wow. he wanted to do a dissertation, a thesis on um, the relationship between quantum physics, acupuncture, and ancient black philosophy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> now, I, I knew a fair amount about quantum physics. I knew teeny bit about acupuncture. I knew absolutely nothing about ancient black philosophy. But so what I told him was that um, that if he was willing to meet with me once a week and just explain to me what he was doing and how he was integrating it. So I could make sure that I could understand it. I would then, you know, serve as his advisor. So we began meeting. And after a few weeks, he said to me, he said, you know, Gary, he said, every now and again, you say things that are prophetic. I said, what? Prophetic? He says, yes. He said, you say things that come right out of the Kabbalah. I said, what? <laughs> the Kabbalah? Kabbalah. I said, he said, no, Kabbalah. I said, what's that? He said, ancient Jewish secret mysticism. I said, ancient Jewish secret mysticism. You have to remember, this is the uh, you know late 1970s, early 1980s, whatever it was. This is before Madonna. This is yeah. before people knew about these things. And I, and I, got, I, into, I got into the Kabbalah uh, in the um, mid, 
in the early mid '60s, uh, but really? it came around. Yeah, it came around in a variety in a funny way because uh, I started learning about tarot cards, and tarot cards, at least the ones I was looking at, were based on Kabbalistic ideas. So that was my first introduction to a Jewish concept, which modern Jewish uh, uh, teachers do not uh, embrace very much. Right. By the way, that you probably knew this because I was really struck by this. Um, uh, in my office, by the way, I had five Yale chairs, these colonial Yale chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was looking at the Yale emblem all the time. Yeah. And it turns out that the Yale emblem has Hebrew letters in it. It sure does. By the way, do you know what they, what they mean, what they come I, from? I forgot. I did know once. Wow. Well, I thought it was really odd that here I was at a, what was originally a Christian university and, and a school that was quite anti-Semitic. Yes. I, you know, now they have Jewish faculty, you know, at least in a, I grew up in a Jewish home, um, like myself, and there are these Hebrew letters. And now somebody's telling me about secret Jewish mysticism, and I'm saying things that sound like they come right out of the Kabbalah. So I said, well, how do I learn about this if I'm doing this? He said, well, they've started publishing books in English, and if you go yeah. to Manhattan, you may be able to find some. Well, that weekend, I drove to Manhattan. I went to Fifth Avenue to a bookstore called Scribner's. The building is still there, but it's no longer there. It was a gigantic bookstore in his day. And I went up to this, the equivalent of the second story. And sure enough, there was a shelf. And on there were three books. Now there are hundreds. But there were three books. Gershom Sholem. Gershom Sholem was one of them, right? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, the only thing I remember was that one of them was a book called uh, Kabbalah for the Layman oh. by Rabbi Berg. And I said, I'm a layman. <laughs> uh, so I bought the book. And as I began reading the book, I began to understand that he, what he was seeing about the connection between the way I thought and the way these ancient Kabbalists thought. Because I, I do a lot of uh, the work that I do comes out of what's called general systems theory. Oh, yeah. You, and, and this is a sort of an abstract framework where you see these organizations which can be occur at the micro level or the macro level. Yeah, They're and a variety patterns, of yes, parts, yes, holes, yes. feedback yes. and so on. Yes. And it turned out the Kabbalists, without knowing it, uh, were using the same, making the same conceptual assumption. So they have this idea, for example, you know, called the Tree of Life. Yeah, the Sephirot were a map of the universe. And they were a map of things big and small. They were mm -hmm. like a fractal pattern. Again, wow. they didn't have that language. Yeah. But the other thing which floored me at the time um, was that I discovered that there was a chapter in there called something – something called numerology, which I had never yeah. heard of. And they talked about how these ancient uh, Jewish mystics would take the Hebrew alphabet, yeah. convert the letters to numbers, yeah. and then subtract them down uh, to a single digit. But there were three numbers that they didn't do that with, 11, 22, and 33. And they said that those were deeply spiritual numbers. So at this point, I'm now you know, utterly confused because how could I have inadvertently rediscovered with English what these ancient mystics were claiming to do all these years ago? And you have to understand, I was raised in an atheist home. I was brought up by Western, you know, mainstream Western science, which, which is materialist in orientation. And now I'm recreating a, uh, an ancient tradition. So I wanted to learn about it, and it turned out coincidentally that there was a uh, – he had a school in New York City 
near the Yale Club, which I used to stay at um, when we would go to the Metropolitan Opera. And so I uh, told my then wife that um, um, I wanted to study the Kabbalah. I had to learn about this. And she said, absolutely not. <laughs> she said, you are a professor of psychology and psychiatry at Yale. You direct the Yale Psychophysiology Center. You're co-director of the Yale Behavioral Medicine Clinic. You cannot get involved with studying some ancient secret she didn't have the word, but essentially woo-woo, you know, strange. Um, Mystical, let's call it, yes. Exactly. Um, and she said, you can't do this. Um, and she uh, she was adamant that I not do this. And so I was now left in a quandary about what to do. And then the really weird things began to happen, which I ultimately confessed in a book I published in 2006 called the G.O.D. experiments, where G.O.D. stands for guiding, organizing, designing process. And that the, uh, the uh, I wrote a chapter called Synchronicity in New York City. And I would like to just share with you publicly that this when I originally wrote this book, um, uh, this this chapter, Synchronicity in New York City, was actually uh, part of the main part of the book. But my then editor and then writing partner felt that the story was so odd and so seemingly, quote, unbelievable that they felt that readers would then question my scientific in integrity. They would question, you know, the, the less controversial aspects of the book. So they wanted me to eliminate it. I told them that I could not, with integrity, do so because it was part of the real-life evidence. We're coming to the, the end of this segment, and I think what you're going to be telling us the next time uh, and during the next segment is just how you elaborated on that chapter into uh, what we're going to be talking about more this your super synchronicity book so we will be back after a short break This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. 
Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest is Dr. Gary Schwartz from the University of Arizona, and we are talking about his transformation from an academic psychologist studying standard academic psychology things to how he got interested in supersynchronicities, the name of his new book. So, Gary, your chapter about synchronicity in New York City, I think, became the subject of the following book. It did. In fact, what we agreed to do uh, was that they – I said I couldn't publish this book with the with, with without doing it, so we buried it in Appendix C of the book. <laughs> <laughs> but I vowed that someday, if these synchronicities continued, that I would someday honor them and, um, and reveal them in a book. And this – that chapter – that Appendix C, it became Chapter 2 of the Super Synchronicity book. Mm. 
Why did you title your book Supersynchronicity, Gary? That's also itself a supersynchronicity. Um, as I was, as I had finished the, um, what I thought was the first complete draft of this book, I had used a framework uh, which uh, I found useful of category categorizing coincidences or synchronicities into three types. I call type one, type two, and three, and type three. Type one is when you just have a pair of uh, of, uh, of events, you know, a single pair, um, which is the most common, obviously, um, and and is much of what you share in your you know beautiful book. The second I call a type two synchronicity, when three to five serial events occur that are meaningful in, in close proximity and time, and a type three I called when six or more occur. And by the way, I've I, I've been giving a workshop for the past. Um, year and a half now at Canyon Ranch called Synchronicity and Spiritual Wellness. And I've been interviewing people to see how aware, and these are people who are interested in synchronicity, how aware they are of events where they've had six or more in their life. And most people, if they think about it, cannot recall a time like that. And if they did, of course, they didn't write them down so they wouldn't uh, remember them. And I realized that these, when you have six or more events like this that are meaningful, um, that that it deserves something special because I mean I had I tell give accounts in the book where you know I have nineteen duck synchronicities in a row over a a, a six day period and it turns out there's a deep meaning uh, attached to them. When you so say I, when you say meaning, I think there are many different definitions of meaning involving coincidences. Uh, what do you mean by meaning when you talk uh, about? meaningfulness in your series in your series okay that's a, as you can guess a deep question yes um wh- and what i mean by meaning there are different layers to meaning first of all is that it has some significance meaning as in significance so it it turns out to be relevant into some aspect of one's life even if that relevance is just if you would an affirmation or a uh, as as uh, someone once put it, it's the universe saying yes. So it it, it doesn't have any depth to it other than it serves as a, quote, confirmation. Yeah, that's, a, that's not an uncommon thing for a lot of coincidence, that confirmation thing. It, you know, this is really the first time that I've understood that you look for personal meaning in, uh, in your super synchronicities because my sense of you had been that you've been caught up in trying to understand how the other kind of major meaning is how to explain them. That seems to me to have been your major thrust, but I, I'm glad to hear you talking about personal meaning as well. Yeah, I did not emphasize the personal meaning part of the book. I mean, I'll, just to give you an example uh, of a, 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 a deeper level of meaning. Um, a deeper level of meaning, for example, might be in the case where, um, and it's one of the lessons that I talk about in the book, where, where, where symbols can be involved with synchronicity. So, for example, I had a whole series of synchronicities involving ravens. And I only later realized that it wasn't about the bird or the number of the bird uh, that I had, you know, the number of events that I had. But it turned out the raven was a symbol in the Pacific Northwest Coast uh, uh, Native American culture. And by the way, I've been collecting Native Pacific Northwest Coast Native art for years, but I never learned the symbolism. And it turned out the raven was a symbol not just of, of transformation, 
but it was also the creature that they see as having bring, bringing light to the humanity. Mm-hmm. I.e., it was a it was a, a vehicle for gaining enlightenment and understanding, um, and having us become quote aware, if you would, of the invisible. Um, and that symbolism turned out to help explain why those that particular series of of events were occurring at my life at that particular moment. So there's that meaning of meaning. And then, for example, with the duck synchronicities, it wasn't until about the eighth or ninth ridiculous, improbable appearance of ducks in my life that um, uh, actually through an intuitive one, because I was totally confused, she said that she was hearing that 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 the the lesson is if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and so on, then it's a duck, smells like a duck and so on. And I realized that not only was that uh, that phrase relevant to literally what I was about to teach in my class because it was it was the take home message of the afterlife experiments book, but it's also the huge implication for if we're going to interpret the idea that. The, what you call the greater mind, or Larry Dossi calls the one mind, is somehow involved with all of this. In other words, if it walks, if it walks like a, like the one mind and talks like the one mind and smells like the one mind, <laughs> at some point you would infer that there must be this superintelligence involved uh, with the process. That's a that that's a wonderful analogy that you just did, because yeah. I've had to walk along the same. Uh, pathway, as you just described, is just too many ways of thinking that there's a greater consciousness that we're all immersed in, uh, and the evidence is there in all kinds of forms. It's just hard for us in still in Western uh, philosophy and scientism to accept this consciousness has a lot more to do with what's going on here than we think. That's what the subtitle of the book, where science and spirit meets. That's what that means. And by the way, the earlier title of this book was called Synchronicity in the One Mind ah. because I was actually drawing that big conclusion. But um, we decided to make it a little bit more general when we published it. So when you, you, what are the, some of the other kinds of personal meanings that you see besides um, um, confirmation that per, a person is on the right path? Well, there's confirmation. There's meaning that is directive which actually gives one um, uh, uh, opportunities for making choices. Um, the um, I'm trying to think of an example of a of a oh, perfect example was how I met you, which was originally um, which is the I call the eleventh lesson um, in <laughs> the uh, in, in in the book, and you may re- you may remember that that you were you ended up being prominently uh, playing a prominent role in my journey because here I was having all these synchronicities, not knowing what, you know, I knew that they were real. I knew they were real because they were ridiculously statistically improbable, what I now call astronomically um, improbable. And when, when, when they, people read your book, uh, that first chapter you have taking apart the, the probability guys saying that it's all probability, it's all statistical, and, and when you show how you have to live like a whole bunch of lifetimes to even get 
close to the possibility of some of these things existing. For those people interested in that sort of argument, you do a beautiful job. Well, th- thank you. I mean, it was for me. I had to. I had. I kept constantly struggling with the, sort of the disbelief that this quote can't be real. And when I finally applied my statistical capabilities to really looking at this closely, I was forced to the conclusion that you can't. Ex- you cannot explain these by chance with any degree of integrity yes. or by any lower level kind of um, explanation. But anyway, uh, you know. Meeting you, the fact you were giving your, I don't know if it was your first or one of your first uh, yeah. seminars on the the research that you were now doing at the University of Virginia. Yes. If you remember. And, I do. And here I was just making a decision to write this book. And I, um, and I, and I coincided, and I, and, and I was giving a talk at a conference that Bruce Grayson was also speaking at. And he confessed to me that he had received uh, two manuscripts. I mean, he was just sharing it. He couldn't give me any details because it was confidential. But he told me that, that, you know, one of these manuscripts was on synchronicity and on synchronicity science. I said, what? Somebody's written a book about synchronicity science, and it's not Carl Jung. I mean, it was, and it's not just a review book. It's something that's deeper. And he said, yes. He said, I can't tell you. I can't show you the book. I don't have permission to do that. But this person, and he told me your name. He said was going to be giving, uh, uh, was going to be, uh, you know, coming to, uh, to uh, the University of Brins- uh, you know, uh, Virginia. Coincidentally, I was giving an invited two-day workshop at, at the Monroe Institute, oh, right? At the Monroe Institute, yeah. <laughs> at the Monroe Institute, and I learned down the street was something called the Synchronicity Center. Yes, which I had never heard of. Well, I'm trying to figure out what they're up to um, in regarding synchronicity. They're a spiritual group, but uh, I don't know where synchronicity fits in with what they're doing. But anyway, and I, and I never learned. Um, you never learned. All I'm just sharing with you is that it's sort of like my meeting you, and then having that they were giving away these journals that turned out to have uh, an article on synchronicity, the one that I picked up. And mm-hmm. it was very improbable for this journal to have that article, and they had extra copies, so I gave you a copy of the journal. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had a copy of the journal. I mean, the the idea that these things, as as Yogi Berra was fond of saying, uh, some things are too coincidental to be a coincidence. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Is that a great line? Or as Susie Smith was fond of saying, some things are too coincidental to be accidental. <laughs> but anyway, when I met you. Um, and I saw that that you one could do serious science in this area, and you were so broad in your thinking. Um, it did more than just uh, you know provide a confirmation. It also gave me direction about um, how I could bridge the world of psychiatry eventually with the world of statistics and the and the neuroscience and a greater spiritual reality. Wow. Um, I didn't really know those those details, so it's great we have a radio show for you to be able to tell me uh, more of those details. So we're gonna uh, we're, we're headed towards um, towards the end. We still have a little time left, but uh, what I think what we're we're going to be uh, talking about in the next segment is more details about the, these type three um, synchronicities, the ones that have six or more. And maybe we'll get you to comment on the monkey ladies' uh, stories. I would love to. Because uh, th- that's, that's, those are, uh, I don't know, s- 
super synchronicity on steroids. Uh, those exactly. Because um, th- those are uh, fairly unbelievable. I mean, I sent you one about Tim Tebow, which was pretty good, um, and mm-hmm. and some of his numbers. But the the monkey lady who I saw just uh, two days ago, we, we talked more about it, and she gave me some more details about it. It's pretty incredible. It's it's beyond the incredible of the incredibles that you have collected. It, exactly. You know, it's interesting. You know, we're we're in the th- uh, I'm beginning to write a new book. Um, well, we can talk about this in the we'll, next we'll, segment. We'll talk about your new book in the next segment. But what we want to be able to do is uh, is have a great time looking at super synchronicities. So we'll be back after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. 
you will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program, for the secret to everything is for you, the listener, for those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Our guest is super academic psychologist Gary Schwartz. We're talking about his new book entitled Super Synchronicity. And now in this segment, our final segment, we'll get into what these type three super synchronicities look like and how Dr. Schwartz thinks about them. They are series of coincidences involving observables of six or more. So, Gary, let's get into those super synchronicities. Absolutely. I just want to share with you that, and your audience, that of all of the super synchronicities that I've been tracking um, in my life, um, and I've tracked hundreds of them, um, of six or more events, uh, the greatest one in terms of sheer number in a short period of time that was super meaningful, involved a set of over 121 wolf and wolf-related synchronicities that occurred within about a three-week period. And this was so far greater than anything else I had ever experienced or ever heard about that I, I realized that it would take a whole book in order to, to take people on the journey and to see the intricacy and the complexity and the brilliance and the fun of the uh, this kind of journey. And so the working title of the book, In Honor of You, is being called The, the Everest Coincidence. Because for us, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we thought of this as being, if you would, a peak super synchronicity. <laughs> um, however, when you then sent me the email two days ago, whatever it was, about this woman who I need to learn much more about, who's experienced, and you're saying, over a thousand of these events uh, collected over a, a six-year period, I realized that, that, that that's, you know, you know, what's higher than Everest? Well, there's got to be, obviously, clearly something much greater. I should also share that, um, that I had, I'm experiencing two uh, type one synchronicities related to this event. 
So just to honor the moment, which is what I do when important synchronicities occur. Number one, I think it's extraordinarily odd that you would end up, you know, reading the book Super Synchronicity. I would do my first radio show on the book now that it's going to be appearing in print in a, in a couple of weeks. Again, with you about super synchronicity when you discovered a super, super synchronicity. Right. Um, so I think the timing of that is, to me, curious to say the least. But the second thing is that the night before your email arrived, um, there, was a ch- there was a, quote, chance television program that I recorded. I think it was the night before. I don't remember exactly. Um, but I didn't, you know, you don't realize that something's a synchronicity until the second event occurs because you have to have at least two to be able to know that there's a pairing. Of course. But anyway, I watched a television show with my wife, Rhonda. Um, uh, it was a PBS documentary. And it was about Coco, the, the, the gorilla that does sign language. Mm-hmm. And they also had uh, chimpanzees, uh, you know, discussed in this documentary. Now, ask the question, how often do I record a TV show about monkeys or gorillas and watch it? The answer is that's extremely, extremely rare. And how often do I get an email about a woman who's got a thousand monkey synchronicities? Well, of course, the answer is it's it's the first ever event. And how yeah, many emails one, do I have? You know, is, I have is. I've got a, you know over sixty thousand emails in my in my uh, my file. You calculate the odds of just that single pairing occurring, and it's ridiculously improbable. Well, I when I listen to that and I look at what might have motivated you to make that recording of the ape monkey uh, show that you were watching. And I go right to uh, telepathy. I go right to you and I being tuned in uh, to what we were about to do, this radio show, and that somehow my emphasis uh, on the monkey lady, because I've I've known her now for about a year, and I've met her once before, but I did meet her coincidentally. I mean, this was coincidence because she she lives in Baltimore, but she came – to Charlottesville uh, two days ago, and that's the, this is the week of our show. So there's a coincidence in her timing of being here. That is one that I can emphasize, that being in Charlottesville when in the week we're doing this show. And then, and then during our conversation, uh, I urged her to write something up because she is reluctant to write it up for anybody else to see because when she first started telling people about these monkeys, uh, she thought she was crazy and they thought she was crazy. Of course. Uh, uh, and this is one of the common events in people seeing a, a barrage or an onslaught of coincidences. It challenges their view of the world, which is what you and I are doing, is challenging the scientific view of the world, and mm-hmm. individuals carry that around. So I'm thinking that we started getting tuned in because we had that great conversation a couple of weeks ago on Skype, and so that you and I were tuned. So somehow, because I was talking to the monkey lady, you were tuned in to me and were able to like pay more attention and want to record that video absolutely and i think as you 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 may recall i list 12 possible um steps or levels of explanation yes if this works starting with deception and selective attention i.e non um non uh simple basic psychological explanations that would treat them as really coincidence as is like chance for example Yes. Versus um, ones that go beyond that. 
And step eight, which I call human intention and energy, it includes um, parapsychological explanations such as telepathy. And the truth is, because you know this, because you know the research, there's a lot of research that shows that telepathy happens. So it's very possible that telepathically uh, you and I are connected and I would have been tuned into what's going on with you and you're tuned into what's going on with me. Um, And so therefore I could have picked this up. The problem is that doesn't explain the fact that the program was actually scheduled right now. See, the pro- and my bra- I don't think my telepathy caused them to schedule this program. No. And I don't think, you know, your telepathy caused her to be here the week that, that coincidentally we were doing this show. So I think that telepathy is one of the mechanisms that synchronicity uses, or if you would, or is employed. But the, the, if, you, if you look broader and you, look, you start, you connect more of the dots, you begin to realize that there's a greater script or story or pattern of, of events which require entertaining the idea that, it's, 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 uh, that many of these are not mediated by just individual pairings or people. So it's not, it's, yes, we can, like with phone calls, you know, you think about somebody and then they call you. Um, uh, and it's very the, possible that, that, that there's it, a case where it's, it's it, it is so personal. Tell it. We, we have a short period of time left, Gary, and uh, about three minutes or, or, or so, right. or, um, or four, but. Why don't you try to summarize, and it's not going to—you're not going to be able to do it. Where you think some of these super synchronicities are coming from? The conclusion that I have been on, I would say, forced to come to, yes, by the total, totality of the evidence, is that there is a there's a universal organizing process. You could call it um, the Great Spirit. You can call it universal consciousness. You can call it the one mind. You can call it, uh, you called it the greater mind. You can call it um, God. You can call it Allah. It has been called many different things by many different people. And all of these people, including us, have only a limited view of what this, this greater mind, uh, this supermind, Sri Aurobindo, who was a, a mystic um, in India uh, in the 20th century, his description for this mind, he called it a supermind, which was part of the reason that I ended up using the word supersynchronicity, because I had a supersynchronicity, which included discovering supermind, and therefore Sri Aurobindo. So the conclusion that I've come to is that if you look at the more complex these synchronicities are, these serial synchronicities, the stronger the evidence that this is a collective consciousness process and that it requires a level of creative intelligence that is, that for me, the fascination part is that we humans can actually envision a bit of it. To me, it's absolutely startling that we can be potentially, quote, creative enough and smart enough and open-minded enough to to get to, to get a sense of, and I think the more and I think that 
Supersynchronicity is the way that it reveals to us this behind-the-scenes role. You know, uh, Albert Einstein, one of my favorite quotes um, of all time, not just by – and Albert Einstein is one of my heroes, so he has a lot of quotes. But one of my all-time favorite ones was Einstein when he said, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And that, that's a contradiction because once you state that, then you know God is talking to you. Yes, but, you, but, it's still, but it still remains at the level of ultra-mystery. Yes, it, it's a hint. Uh, that's why I like to say coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. And that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what we're going to leave our audience with is to sensitize them to the coincidences that are occurring in their lives um, because they, my research shows that everybody runs into them to some degree uh, and to pay attention to them and begin to be able to categorize them and so they can remember them. And by remembering them, they can talk about them. And by talking about them, we can try to peer more deeply into the mind of God. And that's what we're very interested in being able to do. Gary, thank you so very, very much for being on this program with me. We will continue our discussions. It's been a delight.